0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress.
1: You know, uh, as you've heard a couple times, this is our Missions Sunday. And for those of you who may be unfamiliar with what in the world we're talking about, missions, what we call Missions Sunday, is a time that we bring awareness to what God is doing around the world and the nations. And so we have taken the words of Jesus, taken the words of Scripture, and that we are talking that we are on a mission. We're on a mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth because it's the only hope that the world actually has. You can have the greatest programs in the world. You can have the greatest things happening in the world. But unless you have Jesus Christ, there really is no hope. And so we believe in the mission of Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today is a very, very special day because I believe we're talking that something that's very, very dear to the heart of God. The most well-known passage in all of the scripture is John 3.16. It says, for God so loved the, come on, say it like you, you, for God so loved the, that he gave his only son. And so we know that on the heart of God is the world. Yes, it is our world, it is our church, it is our community, it is our city, it is our state, it is our nation, but it doesn't stop there. I believe in a God that if we are willing, if we are open, that God can use us to impact the nations of the world. I'm silly enough to believe that a a poor country boy that grew up in a town of 500 people, that God could use me to impact a world made up of 7 billion people. I actually believe it. You may call it arrogance. I just call it just blind stupidity that I believe God could use me. And because I have faith in him that I believe he can. He's not looking for the, the, the most well-spoken or the person that comes from a good pedigree or someone who's got the right pappy or the wrong, or the right grandpappy or someone that comes from a line of seven preachers and nine evangelists. He's just looking for someone that says, I'll go, Jesus. I'll be your voice. And so I believe that that's God's call to you as well today. But you're going to be challenged today. You're going to be Confronted by some good news of what God is doing. And so, this whole thing called the Great Commission that we're talking about today, we're gonna to be looking at the disciples. I just want to briefly talk to you. There's 12 men who followed Jesus, who, who said, Jesus, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. They walked with him for three years. Jesus died on the cross. He was resurrected. He was alive. He walked the earth. We have historical truth. This was not some tale. Jesus walked the earth in Jerusalem after he died and rose from the dead. And so during that time, he gave them instructions on what their job was, what they were to do. And so we come to this, this amazing vision that Jesus laid out, which we're going to read in just a moment. But you see the disciples spending most of their lives trying to figure out the how. Jesus laid out a vision. He told them what the vision was. And what's interesting about a vision, vision is powerful. Vision is compelling. I mean, vision kind of lights your heart on fire, and you're like, yes, yes, I want to do that. I want, I want to, whatever he said, I want to, I want to go for it. Vision also gives pain a purpose. That's why if you go to the gym consistently, it listen, it is painful. It hurts. I hate to run. Does anyone here hate to run? Oh good, okay. These people, they're like, when I run, <laughs> I feel the pleasure of God. I was like, I feel the darkness of Satan. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. I mean, it's painful. But if I have a vision that I actually want to shed a few pounds, and I actually want to be in shape, and I actually want to try to honor God with my, with my physical body, that's my vision. So it gives my pain a purpose. If I didn't have a vision, I think, this is stupid. I'm not doing this anymore. But there's a purpose And so Jesus gave a vision to the disciples and he gave it to us. That in many ways gives our pain a purpose. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Now vision is one thing. The execution of the vision is another. It's very difficult. If you don't execute a vision, it's just called a good thought. It's just called a pipe dream. It's called, well, that's really interesting, but nothing ever happens. And the vision that Jesus left with the disciples, and we're going to talk about it today. Many people, if you, if you grew up in church, you've heard this a lot. I want us to read. It's out of Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to be reading this today. You can, you can find it in your Bible. There's a Bible right in front of you. And uh, you can turn to the last chapter of Matthew, Mas- Matthew chapter 28. Many times this is called the great Commission. In other words, it's massive, it's huge. This is the great vision and commission of Jesus to the disciples. This is what they're supposed to do. He tells them, as Jesus came and said to them, speaking to the disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, everyone say go. Go, go therefore and make disciples. Everyone say Disciples. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. Everyone say teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. It's very interesting. At the end of this great commission or this awesome vision, Jesus says, "Don't worry, fellas. I know you're probably freaking out right now. Don't you? Don't need to worry because I'm going to be with you." to the very ends of the age. So this was the vision of God. This is the vision of Jesus that he left with the disciples. But what do you think they did when they left? So Jesus gave them this. He gave them this, this, uh, this commission, this vision for their life. Jesus ascended into heaven. He's going to go prepare a place for us. And they sat there. Scripture says they sat there gazing into the heavens. Jesus is gone. And the angels have to come along and say, hey, fellas, you need to go do what he just said. Go on. So they left. Now, what do you think they were thinking after he said, preach the gospel and make disciples of nations, baptize them in the Holy Spirit, teach them what I'm. They had to be thinking this, well, how? How are we going to do that? How do we do what Jesus just told us to do? I mean, that's the big question, how? So they started off, they were working out the how in their own culture. They had to shift their normal ideas about what was going on to adopt new ideas and how to do this. The church grew in Jerusalem. They started preaching the gospel. The church grew. They had to change strategies. They had to wrestle with theological issues together. They had to sort out, really, how do we do this? And, oh, wait a minute. Now, this, this need is becoming so big. We need to find people to do this. And there was a, a great need and for widows, to take care of the widows. And so the disciples were taking care of the widows. And they realized, we just don't have time to teach and to pray and to also take care of the widows. So they, oh, how about you, you and you? Can you guys take care of the widows. Now what's interesting is Jesus in the Great Commission never said take care of the widows, did he? But they were working out the how of what this means, this Great Commission of what it means. And so they changed strategy, they shifted, they didn't shift vision, they shifted methodology, but they didn't shift theology. Now listen, the theology or the vision of Jesus of going to all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations, Lord, I'm with you always, will always be. That is theology. You can sink your teeth into that, anchor your life to it, baby. You can bet on that horse that's going to win. But the deal is this, how you do that will always change. They had to figure it out. They had to figure out, well, the culture is this, and so how do we preach the gospel in this culture? And then all of a sudden, the church the church was exploding with Jewish people. Now all of a sudden, there's Gentiles coming to the church. Now there's people that didn't fit in, the, in, the, in this box of Judaism. And then they had to have a discussion, can they even be saved? Can, they, can we even reach them? And they came to the conclusion, yes, they can. So again, their normal had to shift to a new normal. So they had to keep shifting strategy. It's just like in any business. When you have a vision, you have to begin executing new strategy. you got to be thinking differently. If you said, you know, hey, well, listen, we got to complete that vision the same way we did 32 years ago when my great-great-grandpappy my, my great, started the country. You better get rid of the trucks, get the horse and buggies. You would think, well, that's silly. Because strategy changes, but the vision remains the same. Methodology changes, but the theology will remain Forever. And so they had to walk through this, and they suffered much, and they began to follow out this vision, not just in Jerusalem, but around the world. Now, notice that Jesus never told them how to do this. He, he didn't say, go into all the nations, but make sure you take a camel. Make sure you, you go with three people. Make sure you pack enough to go here. Make, they didn't, he didn't tell them that. He just said, go to the nations and make disciples. God entrusted them with the how. God entrusted them to get to the nations and to make disciples of the nations and to teach them. He didn't tell them how to teach. He didn't tell them whether well, you need to use PowerPoint or don't use PowerPoint or you need to do this but don't do that. He said just go teach them. Figure it out, boys. You can do it. I'm with you. Always to the ends of the age. In other words, I will, I will give you wisdom. But here's this incredible thing. It was so, it, when I, I saw this this week, it was so liberating. Because I realized the world is there to be changed and transformed. And there's not a method or a formula. It's God inviting us into this incredible journey and saying, figure it out with me. We get to dream a little bit. We get to lean in a little bit. We get get to think, can we do it this way? What if we use multimedia? Listen, they didn't have Facebook back then, but if they did, guaranteed, they would have used it. They didn't have the Internet, but if they did, guaranteed, they would have used it. They didn't have television. Guaranteed, if they would have had it, they would have used it. Because they used everything of their resources to do what Jesus told them to do. So Jesus said, make disciples. He didn't give them a, a four-step DVD and said, "Now go home and watch this and follow this and, and, and complete this workbook and you're a disciple. He just said, go and do it. They had to figure out what it means to make disciples. Then they all, when he said, go to the nations, he didn't say, go to this nation first, then this nation, then this nation. They had to figure out, what nation am I going to go to? Who's going to go to where? I don't know. we got to figure it out. It's the how. He invited them into the how. And this is what God has entrusted us with. So they set off and they began to do what God had asked them to do. They began to preach the gospel. Lives are being changed. They began to collect money at this church so that they can send it to this church so that they can preach the gospel in that area. They just, why? Jesus didn't tell them to do that. They just started doing it because they were working out the strategy and executing the strategy. So they were in exciting times. There was a man named Saul who was he was persecuting the church. He was on his way riding a horse to go persecute more of the church. Jesus knocked him on his rear end and he said, "Listen, you, why Saul, why are you persecuting me?" Saul got saved, and his life was dramatically changed. Saul began preaching the gospel around the world. He began figuring out the how. And so much, which actually Saul wrote much of the New Testament, and that's what we have today. His his name was later changed to Paul. But Paul had to work out the how. My point is, and I think I've maybe belabored it a little bit, the how was up to them. But the vision remained the same. So here we are today because someone's life was changed by Jesus. Someone was impacted by a message of Jesus. And that someone told someone else about Jesus. And that someone told someone else about Jesus. And you and I are here today because of the someone told someone about someone about Jesus. And that's why you and I are here today. This is a generational thing. And the how has changed. And then the the words of Jesus are still ringing. The the passion, the vision of Jesus is still ringing in the hearts of the church, in the hearts of you, in the hearts of me. But the question is still, how are we going to do this? And it's the invitation. So I want to look at three areas of the Great Commission today. And what I believe God wants to say to us about these last words that Jesus left us. I think, I think there are three areas of the Great Commission. We are to go tell, we are to go equip, and we are to go heal. And the first one being to go tell. Go into all the world and preach. Go tell people about Jesus. Now listen. The Great Commission, I've heard before in churches, well, listen, there's enough lost people in our community, we don't really need to go to the nations. Okay, if, if, if you were God, then I would, okay, that makes sense. But, but God didn't say that. God didn't say, well, only go to the nations if everyone else in your town is saved. He didn't say that. He said, go. He said, go to the nations. He also said, go to your neighbor, but he said, go to the nations. So we have to understand this is a part of our call and our purpose as well. So go and tell. You know, there are 7 billion people on the planet. Out of those 7 billion, statistics say that 4.7 of them do not know Jesus. They're lost. Did you know that 4.7 billion people, if you were to line them up in a line, they would circle the globe 35 times. That's a lot. In a straight line, they would circle the globe 35 times. And our job as believers is to find out how to reach that 4.7 billion people. This is our task. And you and I are alive today for this time, for this period, to do something about those 4.7 billion people. We still have a message. We have something to tell. We live in a world that is desperate and without the hope of Jesus Christ, there is no hope. But the gospel can be limited if we don't go and tell. Paul, which is the the guy I just talked about who was knocked off his horse and Jesus really arrested his heart. And he became a follower of Jesus. Jesus. Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 10. He was talking about this. He was, Paul was figuring out the how on how to fulfill the heart of Jesus Christ. He says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is the statement. So if you call on Jesus, you're going to be saved. But how are we going to do that? How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed in? And how? Are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Everyone say sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. You saw Paul's heart, the how, trying to work out the how. I think it's a a mistake the church has made is that we have... We've kind of thought we've had the corner on the market of the how. I think God has fresh new ways of reaching the lost people around the world. I think he's waiting for people who are courageous enough to try to figure them out. I've had some very stimulating conversations, particularly one individual here in the congregation who's trying to think about the how. How does he reach the nations of the world through the Internet, through through a particular platform or whatever it may be? How does he do that? I admire people like that because they're thinking outside of the box. But this is our task, go and tell. Now, we all know the world is incredible need of good news. But we have to send people to go and tell. There are nations of the world I'll never go to. But according to Scripture, we have to send people. We have to help them. According to Paul, how are they going to hear unless someone tells them? And how can someone go and tell them unless the church sends them? It doesn't mean we don't go and tell people here. And that's a mistake that people say. It's either, either or. Either I go to the nations or I, or I serve here. No, I believe that you can do both. I believe that God's called the church to do both. You know, Jesus is the only hope. And we as a church have the great opportunity. Today when you walked in, you were each given one of the, a brochure that has our missionaries. These are the people that we are sending. As Paul said, we are, how, how can they preach unless they are sent? We are sending these people to go and to represent the message and the vision of Jesus in these different parts of the world. Some locally. Some are over on the campus of CU. Some are in Africa. Some are in Asia. Some are in Europe. But we are to send them so they can preach the gospel. But I want to look at, particularly this morning, one individual that has inspired me deeply. They are serving Jesus in the Middle East. They are reaching Muslims. Listen, I can't reach Muslims. I can't, I, God hasn't called me to be in Pakistan. He's calling me to be right here with you. But the plan of God is to fulfill his vision around the world. And what you need to understand is what you do here today is going to have an impact in eternity once we get there. What we do here today can transform the heart of an individual in Pakistan because you sent someone to go and do what he's doing, him and his wife are doing. This precious couple, the name is Salik and Eliana Barcott, God is using them in incredible ways. He is changing. He's evolving with, with culture. He's using media. He's trying to figure out. He was. He came from a, a, a ministry that his father started 23 years ago where they just preached and they did crusades. Well, they stopped calling them crusades and they started preaching more. And then they thought, wait a minute, we can reach more people by doing other things. And I want to introduce you to this couple. And I want you to watch. And I want you to be inspired for by how God is using you and how God is using them to figure out the how of fulfilling the commission of Jesus. Christ. Let's take a look at this video. Uh,
2: my name is Salik Barkat and my wife Eliana. Uh, in 2005, the Lord led us to go back to Pakistan to work with Christian Fellowship of Pakistan, uh, an organization started by my father in the mid-seventies, and which has grown into uh, 23 churches in the province of Punjab, a school at an orphanage, a Bible school, and then we do a lot of uh, evangelistic outreaches, humanitarian outreaches, and also we recently started a, a satellite TV channel, and the Lord has blessed our ministry tremendously. We, in our evangelistic outreaches, uh, we do a lot of crusades. We don't call them crusades there. We just call them evangelistic and healing meetings. And uh, God is uh, just blessing those meetings in a powerful way. Thousands of people flock to those meetings and we see salvations, Uh, thousands and thousands of people are coming to the Lord through our crusades. And then through our uh, satellite TV channel, uh, every month we receive thousands of phone calls, people asking Uh, prayers for salvation, healings, and uh, so there's a tremendous response, and uh, the gospel is going out, and we give God all the glory for that. Our satellite TV channel, it's called Barkat TV. It's viewed in 120 countries of the world, and uh, 57 countries receive very strong signal. We received a phone call from a lady from northwest Pakistan, from the city of Peshawar. Uh, a Muslim lady she uh, was surfing through the uh, channels and then she happened to stop at this program where I was preaching the gospel and uh, she was just captivated by the words that I was saying and so she kept on watching and she felt God's Spirit touching her and um, in in my messages I shout a lot of hallelujahs and so as she was hearing that whenever she heard hallelujah she felt God's presence around her and so that night when she went to bed in the middle of the night she heard that hallelujah very loud. And she woke up, and when she woke up, she felt God's presence around her, and then she prayed in the name of Jesus. She gave her heart to the Lord, and then the next day she called us and she told us uh, what had happened in her life. And uh, so uh, she gave her heart to the Lord, and then she said, when I was praying, um, the demon spirits left my body, and now I'm filled with the Spirit of God. Every month we receive almost 10,000 phone calls. And uh, so in, in those uh, phone calls, mostly people are asking for prayers, for healings and salvations. So, so that's what the Lord is doing through our satellite TV channel. Thank you Faith Bible Chapel for uh, uh, partnering with us and expanding the Lord's kingdom in the Muslim world because that's where our heart is and uh, Muslim world desperately needs to hear the gospel and thank you so very much Faith Bible Chapel for being partners with us
1: we must tell but we must help others tell as well man that inspires me I see this couple there's just one couple out of many in this who have said yes to Jesus What I love about the story, which uh, Salik doesn't go into, they were actually on another television station where they would show some of their... Um, their church services well some things were happening in that Christian television station where they they banned him for being on it because there was some control things going on and so by faith he said Lord I believe we're supposed to be using television to reach the Muslim world and so he' he set off on a vision to ask God how do we do this and God provided and supernaturally created a way for them to have their own television station now they're reaching more people than they ever thought possible and so it's just amazing but we are helping them. You are a part of what's going on in Pakistan. You're going to see Muslims in heaven that are going to come up to you and say, thank you for believing in someone that you didn't even see, you didn't even know, but you you followed this, you followed the words of Jesus, and because you did, I'm here today. And so that's what today is about. It's fulfilling the mission of God, the, the mission that God has set in the hearts of all of us to see his word preached around the the world because if if not you then who if you aren't sending them, then who's going to do it if not now then then when another year goes by and every year here at Faith Bible Chapel we kind of we hit the reset button on our missions program and we start our mission support over and so this is for 2017 and many of you have already committed to give through 2016 I'm so thankful for that you've been so generous this year and we've been able to do amazing things but God has more for us to do in 2017. Do you agree? Amen. You know, the second part of the, uh, the Great Commission, I believe, that Jesus was talking about is to, so we're to go and tell, but we're also to go and equip. In the Great Commission, he says, go and teach them. In other words, raise them up. Bring maturity to those who just now have found Jesus and they know Jesus, but what's next? And this is something that's called discipleship. Equipping means to make disciples. In other words, helping followers of Jesus become everything God wants them to be. That's one of our passions here at Faith Bible Chapel. We believe God has a plan for your life. We believe God's called us as a church and us as a body to make sure that one another fulfill God's purpose and plan for your life. Because if we all do it, we're going to transform the world. But that's what equipping is about to be everything that God wants them to be. It's our responsibility to do this here, but also into the nations of the world so we can transform the world. Paul, the writer of Ephesians, talks about the importance of equipping. It's of utmost importance. Being saved is the first step. Being equipped is the second step, and it's called discipleship. Paul says this, he gave, meaning Jesus, he gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teacher. Some people get freaked out by, by these words and, oh, there's an apostle? What do you mean there's a prophet? What do you mean there's an evangelist? Basically, an apostle is someone who is able to, to, to speak what God's saying, to evangelize the lost, to uh, to teach, and to pastor the church. A, a prophet is one who, who directly God gives an insight on what's happening in people's lives, what's happening in the future, so that people in the church can pray into it. An evangelist is one whose heart burns, it's on fire to reach the lost. And they're always looking for those who don't know them. You run into evangelists. you know, you've ran into them before, and you run into it like at a parking lot. Before I ran into this guy, and he's just he loves to tell you about Jesus. And you're like, yeah, man, I'm a Christian, and he's like, are you really? He wants to make sure that that you know Jesus and the shepherds and the pastors of the house that are there to care for the flock, to make sure you're doing okay, to teach the Word and and the teachers who to meticulously walk through Scripture and help you to see really what it is and really what it's not and to protect our hearts from false doctrine. So this is all Paul is saying, but this is important that he gave these people to equip. Everyone say equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Interesting, most people think it's the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teachers that do the work of the ministry. But according to Paul, these people equip the saints to do the ministry. For the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of God and faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature manhood. Again, it's the equipping. Paul's also talked in other areas to move from milk to move to meat. In other words, it's time to grow up. It's time to become mature. So this is very important, of the equipping, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by the craftiness and deceitful schemes. And he goes on to say, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up, again, here's another, grow up, in every way, and to him who is the head, in other words, who is Jesus, and to Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow, so that it builds itself up in love. So if you want to grow more, then we are to make the body of Christ work properly. And this is what equipping does. And so this whole, we go to the world, we preach the gospel but we equip people. This is about maturity. This is about helping people become, again, everything that God wants them to become. People are getting saved all over the world. Did you know that there are thousands of house churches that are being birthed in Iran? Anywhere, numbers, it's hard to tell because of the oppression there. Numbers are that 500,000 to a million people are a part of house churches in Iran. Actually they're growing so fast that the police cannot keep up with them in shutting them down. They just keep popping up all over the nation. It's growing so rapidly. And Muslims all over the world are encountering Jesus in a way they never have. And God is doing something. But do you know what their na- their main need is after they're saved? To be equipped. How do I study the Bible? How do I lead a church? How do I teach the Bible? Did you know in Mongolia, in Cambodia, in Vietnam, is seeing unprecedented Christian growth? Some estimates say that around 3,000 Chinese are getting saved every day. You know what their main need is? Can you come and teach us? Can you help us become what God wants us to become? There's a tremendous need for education in the Bible, for good, sound doctrine so that they can raise up pastors, they can raise up teachers among them so they can continue to grow and they can be protected from the enemy. This is our job as the church, is to tell and to equip. Telling is the heart of God, but so is equipping. So how? How do we do this? I want you to meet um, one of my dear friends his name is Dr. Russ Fraze. God has really used him in this area. You know what his passion is? To equip. To equip the saints so they can do the work of the ministry. Let's see how your support and ongoing support for 2017 is going to help fulfill God's heart. Let's take a look at this video.
0: I am Russ Fraze, and. Um... I've been working, I've been traveling to the nation since 1968, before you were born, Kristen. So the last 48 years, we've been girdling the globe and setting up Bible training centers. Joshua Nations has a two-year curriculum that we translate into a dialect or language. And then we print books, we go and train leaders and equip them with this two-year curriculum. And then they graduate and then we give them a degree a diploma, and then we lay hands on them and release them into ministry. Currently, Joshua Nations is in 48 nations, and we've translated this curriculum into over 40 languages, and we have about 148,000 students currently, about 32,000 graduates, and so, when they graduate from a Joshua Nations Bible Training Center, they are equipped to be pastors, evangelists, teachers, apostles, prophets. Apostles and prophets takes a little longer, of course, but uh, then they're released into the ministry. For instance, on the island of Cuba, we have over 2,000 pastors that have graduated from over 16,000 students on the island, over a thousand evangelists, and they are all working uh, within the nation of Cuba. And that's just one of 48 nations. Well, I think of a a young man called Sam. He's about 6'5", and uh, is in Africa, way up in the mountains in Uganda. And the curriculum came to Sam, and uh, he took the curriculum, and founded a Bible school. He went to this village, the Lord gave him a divine visitation, went to this village way up in the mountains in Uganda, started a Bible school, and then traveled with his church members and they brought back bamboo uh, bamboo shoots and, and uh, they built this long church and there he established a Bible training center. He was so impacted that he took his uh, students and they went into the mountains there and started seven more schools but it tremendously changed his life his wife a whole community and uh, we see that everywhere we go individuals who are impacted well this coming year we will continue to uh, train thousands of leaders to start bible training centers and we will print thousands of books We are beginning a new initiative for oral Bible schools. 80% of India, for example, is illiterate, and uh, Joshua Nation's materials is no good to them because they can't read or write. So through storytelling, we're going to introduce oral Bible schools to where those who are illiterate, they can go to Bible school, get a diploma, and be released to plant churches and plant other Bible training centers. Well, for all of you from Faith Bible Chapel, I've been a part of Faith Bible Chapel for 31 years now. As a missionary for the last 11 years, and your prayers and offerings and gifts to Joshua Nations have helped us change the world. And my victories are your victories. Everything that has happened in the last 11 years has been because of you. You are the ones who shovel the coal so we can spread the fire. So thank you, Faith Bible Chapel. (laughs) Oh,
1: you got to love it. It's because of you. It's because of every year you make a sacrifice of what you're going to give monthly support to these missionaries that are on this brochure, that are on this pledge card. Without you, we wouldn't be doing this. Without you, we wouldn't be able to Accomplish this. And this giving that we're talking about today, it is beyond it's it is above your tithe and your offering. Your tithe and offering helps us set the vision and set the budget for the year and figure out what we're gonna do for you, what we're gonna do in, in our neighborhood, and what we're gonna do in other places. But this is far above that. And you guys have stepped up to the plate year after year after year so that we can hear stories like this. It's a privilege to be a part of you. It's a privilege to be a part of your sacrifice. And the the, uh, purpose of Jesus, the Great Commission, his last words before he left this earth was to go tell, was to go equip, and I believe it's also to go and heal. You know, the enemy is out to do the opposite of why Jesus came to this earth. I think it's appropriate to say, I hate Satan and his schemes you see it happening all around the world he is evil he's not just some just ambient force that just you know it's he's it's not listen this isn't star wars it's not the dark side and 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 the uh, and the other side i can't remember the name the jedi side this is this isn't star wars this is the reality that there is a an enemy after you and after the world that wants to destroy everything that God created for his good. And he's working on behalf, but God has left us with the responsibility to carry out his life and his impact. Jesus even was talking about the enemy, and he says this in John 10.10, he says, the enemy or the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. But then here's the words of this, as we sang this morning, the wonderful name of Jesus. He said, I came. They, that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is the will of God, that the world would have life. And God's call for us is to begin to undo all that the enemy has done on the earth. So go heal. Did you know that t- there is 20 to 30 million slaves in the world today? And most of that 20 to 30 million of are young people who are involved in the sex trade industry. They are slaves. Did you know the sex trade industry is a $32 billion industry in the world? As the access to pornography increases on the Internet, it only drives the sex trade, supply and demand. This is something the disciples didn't have to figure out back then. Sure there were some things going on, but this is a new how for you and I how are we going to bring healing and to the nations of the world and to the lives of broken children around the world how we can't do it like we did it 20 years ago we got to think on how to do it now and how to bring this the passion of Jesus to give people life and to give life to the fullest the life expectancy of one of those young people in slavery is around seven years. They die of either STDs, of abuse, drug overdose, or suicide. This is the devil's work to steal, kill, and destroy. But our job is to continue the work of Jesus Christ on the earth to bring life. The telling of the gospel, the making of disciples has a ripple effect In every aspect of life. When Jesus takes up residence in our life, the nature of Jesus, this nature to give life and give it abundantly begins to transfer through us on the earth. We just can't ignore it. We have to know that Jesus has called me to bring life to the dark places of the world. Jesus has called me to go to the the deepest, darkest recesses of society. To walk in places where angels dare to tread. And to walk in there under the light of Jesus Christ. And begin to infuse the life, the abundant life of Jesus into the broken lives of these people. But it all starts with the gospel being told. People being equipped. But also then the strategy on how... Do we bring healing to the broken people of the world? Jesus said, I have come to bring life. Our job is to bring the nature of God himself into our society. Luke 4, Jesus said this. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to tell people. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You know, there are so many people out there that we are the expression of the Lord's favor to show kindness, to show love, to bring healing. As followers of Jesus, we are the agents of change on the earth. We're to bring light And every place that reeks of darkness. We have a part in allowing God's healing presence to think of how, to think of new strategies, to think that his power wants to flow through us. And he's asking us, come a little closer. I'm going to show you how to bring my life into the world. He left you and I in charge to tell, to equip, and to heal. I want to introduce you to a precious woman that God has placed his hand on. God has called her to bring healing to the nations, and particularly in the area of Asia. Her name is Lianas and Quanta. But I want you to hear how God is using her through our partnership with her to bring healing to the broken places in India. Take a look at this video.
3: My name is Leanna Sinquanta. I'm the Founder-Director of Tel Asia Ministries, based in Arvada, Colorado. And our primary ministry and work is in Asia, especially Northern India and Nepal. I thought I was going to be a horse trainer, and, uh, but I was called to, the Lord spoke to me to go to YWAM Denver, And there, uh, not really through what they were teaching directly, but one night the Holy Spirit just came all over me and spoke to me and said, I'm sending you to the unreached nations. And he confirmed that in so many ways and then he even gave me three dreams in a row, all the same dream, one night after the other, where I saw the northern part of India and the, and the lower part of Nepal, and I saw the Himalaya mountains, and demons were ruling over the whole land from that northern region. That's how I knew I must focus in Northern India, and that is the beginning of God showing me strategic ministry. The Lord led me to a strategy to raise up the native people to reach their own people. And in addition to seeing over 100,000 new believers every year for the past some years, we are now reaching out and bringing education, um, anti-trafficking awareness, creating schools and orphanages, rescuing out the children that are highest risk. Um, And right now I think we're educating around uh, 5,000 children every year that are not going to grow up illiterate, that are not going to go into slavery, that are going to have a bright future. We've rescued so many girls out of the trafficking, uh, actual sex trafficking. Um, One of the girls we rescued, she had been abducted by a priest into temple prostitution. Uh, And so then we collaborated with the police and we let the police know the situation and we were able to go in and raid that and get him, that uh, that guy put in jail, rescue the girl out. Um, and we were able to give her a good, uh, conti- get her healed, you know, spiritually, emotionally healed. Um, and within about two years, now she is working a job as a beautician, doing exactly what she had dreamed of doing in the beginning, really just got her life right back on track. I wanna thank Faith Bible Chapel so much for standing behind me and Tel Asia Ministries. Uh, as one of Faith Bible Chapel's mission works, we are very thankful for your prayers and your support as we continue to take the gospel and the love of Christ to the millions of northern India and Nepal. Thank you so much. God bless you. Amen. Amen.
1: If you could, all of you, when you came in today, were given a brochure. In the middle and on the back are pictures of all of the precious people that we have the great privilege of partnering with. We make a commitment to give finances to these people so they can continue to do what God's called them to do. We are partnering with them. But a step above that, we are partnering with God. We're fulfilling what Jesus told the disciples to do. Go tell, go equip, and go and heal. These people are figuring out the how. You and I are figuring out the how. How do we reach our neighbor? How do we reach our city? That's important. But today is dedicated to helping them reach people We would never have the privilege of reaching. Touching Muslim nations that I will never be able to have the impact that Salik does. Raising up pastors and leaders in the nations of the world, I'll never be able to do that. Rescuing, restoring dignity and life back into little children. I'll never be able to do it like some of these people are able to do it. So my job is to stand with them and to champion them.
0: We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of
3: 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.